Hello and welcome. This is Couples Counseling for Parents. A show about couple relationships, how they work, why they don't, and what you can do to fix what's broken. Here are parents. Our dad, Dr. Stephen Mitchell, and our mom, Ann Mitchell. Hello, and thanks for joining us today on Couples Counseling for Parents. I'm Dr. Stephen Mitchell. I'm Erin Mitchell. And on today's show, we wanted to talk about the loss associated with not having a healthy or involved grandparent. Uh, earlier in the week, we did a post on Instagram, um, on our Instagram handle, at Couples Counseling for Parents, and there was an overwhelming response from our community about how painful it can be to both ache for and not have a healthy and involved grandparent. Yes, there was an overwhelming um, response, but also there was this overwhelming community feel on in that particular post, I thought. Um, but people say this is something they've experienced, something they even talk to their partner about, something they know deep in their bones, but there there isn't a lot of um, talk about this. Right, yeah. Um, and it can feel very isolating. So it's a lonely experience. And even sharing it in community doesn't necessarily take away uh, the grief of it, which we'll get into. But I think one of the things that we were, I I mean, not surprised, but but just noted, noted is how silent this pain, this struggle, this grief feels. Absolutely. Um, and, and even though it's silent, it doesn't mean that it's not present between couples. And I think that that was one of the biggest things that stuck out to me is like, here's this deep, deep, deep pain, this deep grief. And a lot of couples struggle to know how to talk to each other about it, what I, to do about it. I think, yes, I agree with that completely. I think before that, though, I think one of the reasons it's hard to know how to talk about it as a couple is... I think people are having a hard time even knowing what to do with it in their own bodies. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, very, very, Just at very an individual true. Individual yeah, level. Yeah. So, so one of the things um, we, I, were... I think I say that personally. So <laughs> we'll get into that too. But um... sure. Well, so what we were, so you know, we we felt this response from the community, and Aaron and I were, you know, just talking about it afterwards, and we we kind of ask ourselves the question, you know, why why would it be so important? Um, or feel so good to have a healthy or involved grandparent in your partner relationship, um, and I think that you know it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, research that even talks about grandparents as another attachment figure, and so one of the one of the benefits of having a healthy or involved grandparent is because it's another it's another adult for your kids to attach to, another adult for your kids to have a strong relationship with. Um, it's just, another adult for you as the parent to be able to trust. It's another. Yeah. And again, we are talking about healthy grandparents. So right. we we do talk a lot about toxic relationships in our life and toxic extended family, toxic grandparents. That's not what we're talking about. In yeah, this. this is like when it's good. When it's you good, know, when, when it's, it's healthy, good. when it is something safe and that you can trust and, and why that is not just good, but important and necessary. Vital, vital to to your kids' development. And I think another like really close cousin to that idea of another attachment figure is this idea of so many times healthy grandparents give your kids just this feeling of joy and delight. And that is so important for kids to feel and to know that there's this other human being that looks at them and is like, 
whoa, you're wonderful. I love you. I love spending time with you. Yes, let's draw. Yes, let's eat popsicles. Yes, let's go for a walk. Yes, let's ride bikes. Like whatever I can do with you, I want to do. Um, and that's just a beautiful things that beautiful thing that grandparents can give. It, um, to it is an unbelievable, unspeakable gift. And I do think, again, it's not just for the kids. It's for the overall health of the family. Yeah, Because yeah. a healthy, involved grandparent is also gifting the parent with that. Um, I, think, I, I think of our, our story, um, of my mom specifically, of our four parents. My mom was definitely our most involved. Yeah, the healthiest, most involved, just wonderful. Yes. And it it does do something for me as a parent to have my mom walk in and tell silly stories of what she and the kids had been doing. Um, But also she walks in and genuinely wants to know like what we're having for dinner or when she can watch the kids so we can go on a date or there's an interest, not just in our kids. Although yes, Yes. absolutely. She, She has an interest in being a part of our kids' lives for the benefit of our relationship. For the health of our um, whole system. Yeah, yes. I think that that's another part. Like grandparents can offer this support and this help, not just with kids, but as we were saying, to to your own relationship so that you can maybe, you know, uh, get a little extra sleep or have an hour together or um, feel that you can, um, you know, get away for a weekend. What, whatever it might be, there is this benefit and this support that is offered to your couple relationship something really um stabilizing so i was very close with my mom Mm -hmm. um and so was she close to you steven and our kids um and something else she did for us is she made my parenting better i remember when she first brought over finger puppets which seems like such a silly thing um but i was like our baby's too little for finger puppets like he's (laughs) he's not gonna care one way or the other but he loved it and uh just this other person introducing new ideas and she was not a perfect parent. She would never have said she was, um, but she had done it before. Yeah, um, yeah. And so there, there was some new, just the wisdom. Yes, you there know, was I've, some real wisdom. And I, and I think that that un- unravels into this other idea too of grandparents. When the relationship is good, it is someone to parent you as you parent. Absolutely. And that was so comforting about your mom. Like I, I, I remember that. And by parenting, we aren't talking about like criticizing, um, telling you the things you're doing wrong or what you should be doing right. Just looking at you and saying, you're doing a great job, you know, Hey, let me take you to dinner. Um, let me, you know, like, uh, just sort of delight and revel in you as an adult parent. Um, just really, there's something there's something really I think crucial um, to that dynamic that went that that when things are healthy when things are going well it just is so supportive to the whole family system and particularly to the couple system to the couple relationship absolutely the foundation of the family system yeah and so you've got this this beautiful kind of attachment that's happening this joy and delight that's happening the help and support and then also you being parented as as an adult which is you know we might want to say i don't need that but you know what i sure need it um i i think it's a it's a real natural thing to want um as an adult and so you know, that I think speaks to some of the importance of having a healthy and involved grandparent. But then it also speaks to the great devastation when it isn't present. Absolutely. And and that is what 
overwhelmingly we were hearing from in our community. Yeah, yeah. That feeling of, man, we are missing something vital. Yes. And um, the the stories varied, you know, as much as stories can, which is they were all across the board. Um, so maybe ill parents or um, parents who they knew would have been involved, but they had passed on um, or parents that they knew would have been involved, but they just lived far away, lived really far away or parents that couldn't be involved because of mental illness or addiction or just toxicity, um, high conflict, um, you know, some of those uh, really challenging uh, relationships as well. And I think something that stands out for me is, um, so my dad passed away when I was in college, and um, he, so he didn't get to know our kids. Mm-hmm. It would have been an interesting relationship, though, and, and it would have been. It would have been, yeah. Right. So um, something I've said before is my dad, um, he battled bipolar, and he did not choose to have bipolar. But he still wouldn't have been safe for our kids to have been left alone with. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's not like our parents are always doing awful things or our grandparents, our kids' grandparents. But on the yeah. other hand, we had my mom. Um, yeah. She was healthy. She was involved. She was. She she was like that that picture of, of what you imagine a grandparent um, is going to be. Uh, all those good things that we talked about at the at the beginning there, like that was your mom. Absolutely. Um, we said over and over, she was just made to be a grandmother. Yeah. Um, she delighted in us and our kids. And then four years ago, um, she did pass away. Um, surprisingly and awful. And it's been awful. So we've yeah. had four years of having now um, not, a, we don't have an involved grandparent. Yeah, just not having that that support, not having that parenting, not having that joy and delight. I think that's one of the tough things that is really sad is is knowing that our kids don't get to experience her joy and delight and how wonderful their lives would be if they could um and that's that's you know one of those sadnesses and she definitely was an attachment figure for our, our two oldest because they um had more uh, more years with her yeah, our um, but, youngest was 10 weeks old. Yeah, and and so it's just it, it it was such a sweet, beautiful, wonderful relationship with with your mom and our kids that we anticipated we would have for years upon years. And we don't. We don't. And it's huge. The and the gap shifts and changes and morphs over time when our when our youngest I mean he was a baby. He was 10 weeks old. Um that was really hard. There's, you know, she was really good about um, coming in if he was looking sleepy and taking him on a walk to put him to sleep so I could just go to sleep or I could yeah. do any, I, you know, like I just had a minute where I, I wouldn't have to be holding him. Um, in, my, in my experience of your mom, it was always like, you know, Aaron and I have lived sort of all over mm-hmm. um, and uh, your mom would always come and visit us wherever we were. And it, she would come like every four to six weeks and stay for about a week. Um, and I remember like when she would come, it was like this feeling of like a little bit of a breath, a little bit of a relief of kind of like, oh, we're, we're just going to get a little space this week. Yes. And, and that, you know, I, I don't think I really realized that I felt that way until we didn't have it. 
um, to where, you know, that feeling um, really yeah, isn't available to it us. It was like, okay, three weeks. We can yeah. do three weeks and then we've got some relief coming in. And, and so these are, these are the things, like these are the stories, each of, um, each of the people who responded uh, to our community, each of you listening, you might have a story of loss in this way. Um, Even, so we have this, um, a death, we have that loss, but there are losses in all shapes, sizes, colors. And, mm-hmm. and like we've, we've mentioned that, but also yeah. sometimes parents, we, we heard a lot of stories of my, my parent couldn't wait to be a grandmother or father, grandparent. Then we had our kid and they aren't involved. Like they could be, they live 25 minutes away sure. and they're just not. That is a, that is a tremendous loss. I, I think I just want to make sure to focus and highlight if you feel like you have a loss, you do. Yeah, if- you're not silly for it. There's, there's no, I, I think, um, I think some people are like, oh, don't make a big deal, you know, out of this. This is, you know, this is just the way it is sometimes. But, but I think the reason it's important is because it, if, if you feel it as a loss, that means it's important to you and you should pay attention to that. You don't need to deny that grief. It, it doesn't do any good. It's, it's, um, and it does a lot of harm actually. So I think one of that, yeah, yes. One of the reasons that it hurts so bad is we're trying to parent and grieve something that we'd hoped would be different, a a death, um, a mental illness an addiction, a distance. And because we live far away, whatever your grief is, grieving while parenting is easily the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. Oh, yeah. I I don't. So I understand why it's hard to feel like if Mm. I touch my tiny toe into that well of grief and loss, what if it swallows me? What if I can't parent? What if my kids only see me crying? What if um, I I become a bitter, angry mom? I think that's such a profound um, idea there that grieving while parenting. That's why this is important. Um, because when you are feeling the weight of that loss and you're feeling the weight of parenting and you're feeling the weight of like trying to give all of yourself, like who you are to your kids and to your partner, and yet you feel that there's a diminished capacity to do so, it is so overwhelming and hard. And if you, if you just try to push through that, you, you know, you might be able to do it. You might be able to do it for a while, but I think what you begin to recognize is that there are, there are individual consequences and then there are relational consequences between you and your partner. And I think the and indiv- you and your kids. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then you and your kids. And I think what, what begins to happen is, is if there's this grief um, you know, individually, you've you've kind of got to think about it, right? you know, figure it out. Like that impacts us each individually, and we each have a different process of how we deal with that grief. But then in the couple relationship, it begins to bump up into one another because your grief processes are probably different. The way you handle it is probably different. And then I think that this is where we we begin to hear stories, even in our own uh, story as a couple, but also from from other couples of resenting the partner because uh, maybe the partner doesn't understand what the big deal is. 
Maybe the partner feels like, you know, hey, like, shouldn't we be over this by now? Um, or, maybe- or maybe, I mean, honestly, in our situation, and I and we've heard many, many similar, there's resentment about you are keeping me from being closer. Like we have access yeah. to this or I had access to being closer. And we moved or we had to, you, your, you know, your job. job. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that is heavy. Or, or, or even, you know, we ran into this even when your mom was um, alive and healthy. You know, I'm a little bit more of an introverted, sort of uh, relationally um, reclusive sometimes awkward, uh, human being. And Aaron is much more, um, kind of social and, and extroverted in that way. And so, um, I, you know, I, I, at times my personality could also interrupt that process of closeness and of connection because I, uh, you know, there's this idea of like, why we have to spend so much time over there with your family or, you know, whatever it might be. And granted that, I mean, I, I loved having, um, you liked Aaron's having mom. my mom come. Going I loved was having harder. Moms. There was yeah, a lot. There yeah. are a lot of um, yeah, but, lots and but, but but that's but that's how that's how the the resentments can begin to build for um, partners, and, and there can be so so. What ends up happening is you're like, I'm sitting here parenting and grieving, and then I'm sitting here parenting and grieving and resenting you, my partner who's supposed to be here, who's supposed to be like the support and help that I need in parenting. And it begins to feel really lonely. Uh, Yes, it begins to feel lonely. It begins to feel um, like a dead end. Like what's the, what's the use in this conversation? Mm -hmm. I know where it's going to end, which is not anywhere productive. So you just keep pushing things away. Yeah. And and that uh, I think is is where there can be something different um, that is done. It's maybe not the most comfortable um, thing, but it's probably the most short term uncomfortable thing, but definitely long term most comfortable healthy. Yeah, but because in in the end, there there has to be a grief process over the loss of this relationship, as you hoped, as you expected, as you imagined it, and maybe even as you had it at one point. Like um, us, like yes. us, right? And and it's so interesting. Like some of this stuff is such basic parenting. So if I'm thinking of our kids, mm-hmm. they're sad. I, I mean, honestly, they they're sad about my mom. We we just celebrated the the four year day where we lost her, and it was awful. The week yeah. before was awful. The weekend was awful. Emotions are high. People yeah. are tense and frustrated. And um, the the several days since have been full. It just yeah. feels like everything yeah. is full and heavy. But it's full and heavy for me. It's full and heavy for Steven. It's full and heavy for our kids and we're all trying to help each other. And sometimes the simplest thing is like this is not how we thought it was going to be. Like, oh bud, like we didn't know. You you didn't know we were going to have to say goodbye to Ama. We you didn't know. And this is so disappointing. And we know yeah. that for our kids. We know to say that. I I think most of us um I think most of us have that um, movement towards our children and their grief, yeah. and I think but we don't we, necessarily have it towards our partner or ourselves. Yeah, it's kind of like suck it up, move on, stop 
you know, kind of stop having a hard time. I think that's your internal voice. That is. That's my internal voice, y'all. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we, I mean, that's probably a, a conversation for another time, but like that comes from someone. Like that is a voice you know. Most certainly. Most that is certainly, a very yeah. familiar voice to you. Um, that's not mine. I think I teeter on worrying it's going to swallow me whole. Like I can't. If I allow myself to, like I said earlier, like right. t- even touch that grief, that hole with a 10-foot pole, I'm going to be out of commission for the next month. Yeah, you'll fall into some deep depression. And and if you if you know, we just we just like I don't think we meant to, but we did. It described to you the conflict, difficulty and places of resentment in our relationship around this kind of grief because that I sit there and I'm like, "Look, this is all too much. This is really tough to handle and what we need to do is just suck it up, buck up and start living life." So that we don't, because, um, because I don't like how all this feels. And that. To be clear, you don't actually say that. that oh, is no, internal- just my demeanor, <laughs> my, my, my spirit sometimes. And also not towards way. our kids. That's very true, but towards you, right? Absolutely so towards yourself like, and towards me. I'm like, Aaron, come on, me. be an yes. adult, let's go. Yes. And, and I think for you, if I'm thinking yeah, about ahead. how you've described it to me, you've said, Stephen, I, I don't. I want you to understand and connect with me and how devastating this is. Like, I, I want you to feel that grief. You don't have to like feel, you don't have to feel it like I'm not asking e- you equally, to feel it. right? Mm-hmm. But, but for you to like understand what it's like for me is what's going to help you rather than me saying like, let's go, come on, like. Right. You know, we don't have time to lay here today and and not, you know, I don't know, do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I think that's exactly right. I mean, um, I would, I, one of our biggest, most hurtful um, conflicts was about this very thing about like me saying, can you hold me? And you saying, yes, but I've got a lot to do. And me, me being like, you know what? Never that's, mind. That's not the route you want to go. Everyone just. <laughs> um, but I think I think that it taps into those fears. You, sure. You say, "Oh my gosh, she's gonna want to be held all day long. Right. I'm and, gonna lose her to this. Right. And I'm. And that was the main fear for for exactly. me. It wasn't that I'm like so task oriented and I just like to do a bunch of and stuff. And you're certainly not cold hearted. Anyone yeah. who knows you is not even it, believing you. It think was these it things. was much more that when I saw the weight of Aaron's grief, I was so afraid she would not be able to come back from it, and then. I'm like, oh no, like I'm going to be with, without a wife, um, I, I, we're, I'm going to have to like figure out how to like, you know, help our family make it through life like by myself. And that just was really scary. Um, and, and I think that this is what's important because why, why does this matter? Because we're talking about grief processing and I think we have something in our culture and even just internally that says, don't, don't do that. Um, but I, but I think the reality of it is in your partner relationship, if there is this grief, even if it's just for one partner, if it's for, for both partners, it it doesn't really matter. You have to know the texture, the contours, the nooks and crannies of each other's experiencing grief. And, and you have to, you have to know that because it's something you're feeling anyway. And when you ignore it and de- deny it, it comes out in all kinds of other 
anxious, angry, yeah, bitter, res- resentful, you know, like all kinds of ways that, that really tax your partner Pers- relationship in person yeah. in profound ways. And so you're thinking, I'm just going to like ignore this or avoid it and it'll be okay. But really the, the, the process is into it and into it with one another. I do. I agree with everything you said. I take issue with one thing. You said, I think culturally and internally, we say not to. I think the reason we say internally not to is cultural. I think that is learned. I think our bodies Mm -hmm. know exactly what to do. I think when we allow the process of grief to grieve, I think we do come circular come full circle into right. that like calm place again and and i think the way to really do this is to tell stories and and i think that this is what what i mean by that um you know you can tell stories in all kinds of ways um so you can tell the story of um you know you can you can write you can um draw you can you know the, there's countless ways but i think what we have found that that is useful to us is when we are feeling something, we tell the story behind it. So there's, uh, I'm thinking of it's holiday, it's the holiday season. And Aaron's mom, uh, whenever uh, the holidays came around, she would um, give us a call every time she was wrapping gifts and she would start singing, It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah. And that was the boys would go wild. They'd be like, ah, she's rabbit gifts. She's and so guess what? You hear that song a lot around this time of year. And I think that one of the ways that we tune into the grief as partners and then as a family is we tell that story when we hear that song. Um, we don't we don't just push it away. We don't just say, oh, that's not real. We just simply say, yeah, it's here. And we don't have to act like it's not. Um, it's hard to do. It's oh, hard to hear. I, oh. It's hard thinking about it even in this moment. Yeah. Um, because I miss that. It, yeah. and, and it's been four years and I don't miss it less. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and my dad has been gone, I think, 16 years. And in the my the relationship was absolutely different on every level, so it, mm-hmm. you can't compare any relationship. Um, but I miss him differently than I used to. Also, yeah, and yeah, I've I grown did, yeah. in my compassion for how much I I do wish he was here and well. Um, but my mom, oh my goodness, I just wish there was someone to share this with. Yeah. Um, and like I, I think I started to say earlier, and I'm not sure I ever upped it up, but it's different as our kids get older. Uh, I wish she was here for these new ages and stages. Yeah. And I miss her in different ways to see her interacting around these ages and how how she would be, but how they would be getting to have her. Yeah. Um, well, and I think there's a there's something too that's very different. Like so even in the telling of this story, um, you know, Aaron and I respond differently to it. You know, it, it, it's something that is, is a fond memory for me. And, and I feel sort of, um, I don't know, like it, it makes me smile. It makes me feel um, good to remember. Uh, it makes me feel more connected. I think Aaron, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's a good memory and it's a fond memory t- for you too, but there's, there's different emotions that come. Sure. I mean, it's definitely more connected. Um, I think we can all hear that, but it's, it's hard. It yeah. is really hard. Yeah. It, it, um, it stirs that longing, that desire, which is what I 
what I want to want. Sure. Um, because I know that is a part of health because I do desire her to be here still. Yeah. I, I, I wish that wouldn't have happened. And some part of me is like, well, it did. So you've got to figure out how to keep keep going or be happy for your kids or, you know, the voices I have heard from well-intentioned, kind people who love me very much. Um, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not true. It's not healthy. What I have to do is actually be sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and for me, you know, I see that and I'm like, oh no, oh no. But, but then for, for me, I, I think that the, where the, the learning process for us has been like, no, that's, I, I don't feel sad. That doesn't make me feel sad. That's okay. It makes Aaron feel sad. That's fine. Sad is she, not bad. It, like she, she can be sad. I don't have to fix that or change it or, or make it go away. Like we just we, get to be present to it. Me and, first. Right. Well, and that's how we tell each other our, our grief story. Like right. we, we just say, this is what it's like for me. You know, and, and I think that, again, these little stories, like, you know, it, it happens sometimes for me too. Like they, they kind of, they pop up. Um, so whether it's, you know, we, we grab a book um, that, that we were given by, uh, you know, Aaron's mom and we read that book and like that, that book stirs something. Or even if we, you know, sometimes we see grandparents with their kids around our neighborhood and stuff. And I'm so grateful uh, that, that those kids have their grandparents and things like that. But, but that kind of brings up a story of sadness. Like, and, and it's just simply acknowledging those things to one another, telling each other those stories and then letting one another be present to you, not yeah. fix it, not solve it, because we can't. There's nothing Stephen can say that can make me less sad. Yeah. Um, and there also really isn't anything he can say to make me more sad. There are things he can say that make me feel really dismissed and hurt, but he can't make me miss my mom more than I already yeah. do. And I, and I think that's a, a big reason people, I think partners, family, friends, sort of sh- shy away from sadness is like, yeah. well, I don't want to make her sad. We're sad. People yeah, who are missing yeah. their healthy, involved grandparents are sad. They are yeah. missing that. Um, well, when I think particularly too, like around the holiday season, these these things kind of um, smart a little more because it's you know this time with family and you know everybody's talking about their traditions they have and and again like you know th- those are wonderful things, but but those those good things can also touch. Um, the, those hard places, and so so many people in our community talked about this. Um, this you don't want to resent um, your friends, your sure, neighbors, sure, the yeah. perfect stranger at the park who happens to be there with her mom and her kids. But the, it does stir and touch that deep, deep desire you have for that, um, and and it's not bad. Where where it starts to go wrong is when we try not to feel it. Yeah, yeah. And so, so the sharing. So so the so the question is like what are the stories that might be stirring in you? And how can you share those stories with your partner? Um you know, I, I honestly, you know, a, a great a great segue into it might be, you know, um listen listen to this listen to this podcast with your partner and and think about like are there things that we that are there stories that we want to want to tell or can tell? Um, and and again, it, it's well, important. and as they come up, not ignoring. Yeah, them. yeah. I, you don't need to like sit down and say, "Okay, we're going to do it now." It, but it's <laughs> much more like, day. yeah, like as it does come up, because that's the way grief is. Man, it sneaks up on you. Some some we know. You know, we can predict mm-hmm. some things, um, and some 
smacks you in the middle of the park on the playground on the side and suddenly you're crying um or you're trying your hardest not to and either way your kids are like mom what's wrong with yeah, you yeah, um, yeah and that's that is okay they i think that is something i've learned in this is good parenting is me attuning to myself and allowing myself to have my full grief process um and trusting my relationship with steven um, and trusting my relationship with the with our kids to be able to navigate through my emotions will not overwhelm them. My and that is a fear I have had, but that's my job um, to be sad and to work through it and to allow the full cycle to come and to say I was really sad. I'm I'm feeling okay right now, but I really miss Ama. And and knowing that this is something couples have to learn how to do, and it takes time. Uh, and that it, it is, it is a process. You know, I think about even for us, you know, it's been four years of us kind of working through this process and there's still much work to do. Um, but it's the willingness to engage it together, um, as partners, uh, that's, that's going to help those places of resentment and hurt begin to resolve. If you and your partner want a guide for understanding and working through the grief associated with the loss of a healthy or involved grandparent, check out our Create Your Couple Story course. The course can help you and your partner connect and grow closer, all from the comfort of your own home. You can find the course on our website at createyourcouplestory.com or in our LinkedIn bio on our Instagram page at couples.counseling.for.parents. Today's show was produced by Stephen and Aaron Mitchell. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating. This will help others find our content more readily. And as always, we're grateful to have you listening along with us. Thanks so much for being with us here today on Couples Counseling for Parents. And remember, working on a healthy couple relationship is good parenting.